We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bates. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, March 12th, a.k.a. Spring Break, Silva. Spring Break. Oh yeah, Daylight Savings. Oh yeah, I've got my guy J.D. Silva here with me. Fellas. Fella. Fella. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. Hopefully Taylor will be joining us shortly. He is uh, a busy man. He's got a one-year-old now, as of yesterday. So we got a baby birthday. He's trying to move. He's got a lot going on. But uh, hopefully he will be joining us here shortly. As we have a fun, fun podcast planned for you guys tonight. The Thunder this evening defeated the San Antonio Spurs 102-90. to That makes two wins in a row. I think, is it five of the last six or four of the last five, Silva? It's five of the last six. I think five of the last six, yeah. Two wins against Utah. Golden State. The Golden State win. Loss in Phoenix. And then one in New Orleans. Win tonight in San Antonio. Five of the last six. We'll break down the San Antonio game. And then we have a special mailbag podcast for you guys tonight. Tons of folks send in Twitter questions, Reddit questions. We'll also get a lot of questions here in the chat. So make sure you guys are dropping your thoughts and your questions in the chat. We'll get to those as well. And we will burn through a ton of questions tonight as we are less than one month away from the end of the NBA season, J.D. It has flown by, honestly. It feels Uh, like just the other day we were at Summer League. Yeah. I think it's flown by because I've enjoyed this season so much more than last. Mm -hmm. Like the last one was kind of hell in the last third uh, because of all the, you know, tanking going on. But uh, this has been so much fun and like, especially with the way the West is stacked up right now, you, we really don't know what the outcome is going to be as far as standings go. It is wild how st- like stacked up the West is. 
from really like five to thirteen. Yeah, I haven't checked updated standings yet, so I don't know where the Thunder are on this week or this this night. But well, and the Lakers are currently playing the Knicks, and that will also determine where the Thunder kind of land at. Yeah. Just wild, wild stuff. We will dive into all that. Let's start with this Thunder versus Spurs game, though. Oklahoma City wins it 102 to 90. Silva, we heard pretty early on that this the Thunder would be without SGA tonight, as we mm-hmm. all expected, uh, sitting the second night of back to backs. The Spurs, without a lot of guys, uh, no Jeremy Sohan, no Keldon Johnson. Um, somebody left early in the game. I can't remember who it was, and I can't remember if they came Branham? back. Was yeah, Malachi Branham. Yeah. Did he end up coming back? He uh, he did not. He only played six minutes. That's right. That's right. Um, still some some talent on the floor for the Spurs. Cell, uh, yeah. Heckle and Jide team. He- Heckle and Jekyll and Hyde. There we go. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde team. They lost to Houston by 30. Yeah. And then they turned around and beat the Denver Nuggets. Really weird. They're all over the place. May have derailed Jokic's MVP case from that single game. Very possible. MVP yeah. debates it's, are just like, toxic. They're horrible. Like, yeah. I'm glad we don't have to debate it. I know. So, Silva, let's start with takeaways from the Thunder's 102-90 victory against the San Antonio Spurs. I think uh, the one that jumps off the page is that this is probably, not probably, this is Usman Jang's best game of his young career. I think that's fair. Like, the stakes weren't as high as that Golden no. State game where I thought he played really well. But just kind of putting everything together, I think you might be right. He was just um, clearly, he was just a matchup problem out there, and he was taking full advantage of it. He was just open by way of length a lot of the time, dunking the basketball more, which I love. He was very aggressive putting the ball on the floor and driving to the rim. Yeah, and I I wonder like what Mark told him before the game, because I could tell his teammates were gassing him up whenever he did something more aggressive too. Um, Really awesome progression from him. Yeah, he ends the night 17 points on 7 of 15 shooting. Had 8 rebounds, um, 2 of 6 from 3. That meant 9 of his 15 shots were at the rim Mm -hmm. or inside the 3-point line, but they were all at the rim. I mean, he just put his foot on the gas. He These past two nights, Silva, he has looked so much more comfortable and so much more aggressive like grabbing rebounds off the rim and just driving the ball up the court. Um, It used to be he would dribble and kind of look scared and like he was supposed to give the ball to somebody else. Like he didn't know what he was supposed to do. Like he was out of his lane. He kind of has just kind of this some some effort in him now. He's just saying effort. I'm going for it. The dunk tonight on the drive. I mean, multiple drives where he just blew by guys, got to the rim, got layups, got dunks. Um, he's really fat. Is he? Do people not realize that he can do that, or is he like fast? I can't, I can't figure it out. But he was getting by guys pretty often. He moves really fluidly. Yeah, that's, I that's the, the word we that's word that's the word we heard to as as a way to describe Usman throughout the draft process was fluid, 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 and like tonight was a perfect example of that. Yeah, I thought defensively he was awesome too. No, no, really, like huge blocks at the rim or anything. But just the way that he moves, like he swallows dudes up. That length is, I forget when it was and and who it was on, but there was a play that really stuck out to me where like 
he was guarding a guy on the perimeter. They tried to drive on him. He just slid his feet and kept his arms out wide. They got to the rim and he just stood there with his arms up. Yeah, and they were like, it's huge. Well, shit, what do I do now? I can't <laughs> shoot over this guy. Like, mm-hmm. just completely blanketed. Um, he still gets lost off ball at times. Yeah. But when he starts to put that together, I'm going to kind of take us down a rabbit hole here real quick, Silva. I think, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to straight up ask you. Shea Gilgis Alexander, better on ball defender or off ball defender? Hmm. I, that is tough. That are you is, more impressed whenever he's one on one guarding somebody or when he's kind of roaming that backside? I, I've noticed the one on one stuff more this year specifically. Okay. But you would say he's probably a good off ball defender, right? I mean, yeah. the steals he's been getting, the blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, J Dub. Kind of the same thing, right? Kind of the He's same thing. Crazy, yeah. crazy length. Um, really jumps passing lanes off ball for steals. Mm-hmm. Usman Jang has that same length. And then you add Chet. So I much think, space is being taken up. I think about this team running that 2-3 zone next season with like a a Dub, Shea, Chet, Us, Poku lineup. <laughs> like... I mean, we're talking steals and blocks for days because they, they're they all just like so adept at cutting off passing lanes, using their length to their advantage, swarming ball handlers. This team is building something really like unique defensively, and I think it's really, really awesome. We're going to have to find... if I, I've never thought about that lineup of Usman, Poku, and Chet out on the court at the same time before. Uh, there's going to have to be some name for that. Yeah. We have a lot boys. of time to workshop it, but yeah, gonna have to be something. I thought Us maybe I, I agree with you, played his best game of NBA basketball tonight. Could have had had a couple threes go in and out. Also, his shot looks pretty good and like he's not, not shooting it. With taking too much. it. Yeah, he's not shooting it with uh it doesn't take a lot of effort for him to get it there. It looks like natural. So I have faith that that'll come around. I'm high gotta, on him. Gotta remember he's only 19 years old, too. Yeah. Is he the youngest guy on the team? Yes. He's, still... Okay. He's the youngest guy on the team. Yes. Cool. A lot of upside there. You really got to like Fun. what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very fascinating that down the stretch, I, I feel very strongly that they are right now playing the games of consequence that Presti had mentioned. And Oos is getting, uh, I would argue, significant rotation time in, in these games of consequence. 27 so, minutes. Says a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I says agree. a lot about him. Okay, uh, my takeaway: we'll ba- we'll bounce back and forth sure, on takeaways sure. tonight. You went oos, uh, so I'm going to let the pendulum swing back to the other side. Lou Dort. Oh boy, Dort yeah. has a nice stat line tonight: twelve points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks, but a minus seven. Three of five from the field, one of five from the three-point line. When you look, and I'm not sure if it's factoring in um, tonight's game. Now it is. It is. The NBA stats just updated. When you look at Lou post-All-Star break, 33% from the field, 25% from three on six three-pointers a game. Uh, four and a half rebounds, two assists, one and a half turnovers, one steal. The offense has just been bad, Silva. 
It's been bad. Uh, plus, plus minus is uh, something that I often use to like match the eye test. Like if I'm seeing a player play and it's like, man, they seem kind of like damaging to the team when they're out on the court tonight specifically. I'll check the plus minus and see if that kind of matches up. Mm-hmm. And Ludort has been passing that test recently. And it's it almost feels like there are regular Thunder possessions and then there are the Ludort possessions. Like he doesn't really fit into the flow of things in a given way. The, the offensive possession is just uh, way more chaotic than I think Mark would intend it to be whenever Lou gets the ball lately. And I, I feel like he had a good stretch of games for OKC in like the November, December time. But it feels like since the new year almost, there's been a steady decline in his performances. Totally agree. There was a play tonight, I think just perfectly encapsulated Lou's season. He's in the fourth quarter on the offensive end. He's got the ball with about 18 seconds left in the shot clock drives left his defender backs off of him because why wouldn't you and so he shoots this little like gathering off the dribble mid-range pull-up and just clanks the piss out of it and it's like everyone knew that was coming that's a horrible offensive decision Mm -hmm. horrible on the other end he meets zach collins at the summit gets a massive block greg popovich gets a technical kind of shifts the game and, and solidifies it for oklahoma city i thought it was very encapsulating of lou's season some of the offensive decisions are just really bad. I think that his two best plays offensively from the past two nights, last night against New Orleans, there was a play where Dario Saric had the ball down low. Uh, Lou cut off ball, caught a pass and dunked it. And then tonight, towards the very end of the game, J-Dub had a really sick pass to a cutting Lou on the baseline who dunked it. When he is cutting and finishing, and not self-creating offense, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. remember all the stuff we said about Darius, or not Darius Sarge, about Darius Baisley? He doesn't need to self-create. He doesn't need to dribble. He Just needs to cut, and he needs to shoot, catch, and shoot threes. Yep. It's kind of where I'm at with Lou Dort right now. And I, that's why I think he looks he looks his worst this season whenever Shea is out, because I think he yeah. feels like he has to do more, and that's not what you want. Yeah, you him. don't want him doing more. It's, it's really bad. I've I've alluded to him uh, just looking like he's playing football on the basketball court multiple times on post games this year because he just barrels his way to the rim and has tunnel vision or turns the ball over trying to make a play and it just it's not flowing at all. He doesn't fit the style of offense they are trying to build. No, at all. Mm-mm. How good, shocked would you be if? 12 months from right now, on March 12th, 2024, Lou Dort wasn't on this team. How surprised would you be? Not that surprised. I don't I don't think I would be. Uh, and I think J-Dub could be the clear replacement there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you find I, someone else for that four spot. Maybe it's Poku. Maybe it's someone you draft. Right. Maybe it's someone you trade for. Right. Maybe it's Oos. Maybe it's Oos or Poku or, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. He doesn't, he doesn't fit, but I know he's the difficulty is that he is like one of the longest tenured members of the organization that's still here. He's really good friends with everybody on the team. So I'm, I'm sure there's some, it'll be tough for them to say goodbye to Lou Dort because he's an undrafted guy, loves it here by all accounts. But yeah, you're totally right. It is, he's not fitting. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like I, maybe you bundle him in a trade on draft night. Maybe, like you said, trade for someone uh, like a veteran to start in that position. 
don't know, but it's uh, not working great right now. Lou Dort is Dylan Brooks minus all the shit talking. Yeah. Is yeah, that wrong? I think I would agree. No, I, no, I don't Very think similar. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. <laughs> when I, first I don't like joined, it because I don't like Dylan no, Brooks. When I first joined the podcast, I used to try and say Lou Dort will be better than Marcus Smart one day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that just... All I, think time that, I think that I think that ship has sailed. All time bad take by my <laughs> by me. Okay, so that was my takeaway. Let's bounce back to you for another takeaway from this Thunder versus Spurs game. Hmm. Okay, I don't want you to have to do two negative ones, so I'll do a negative one here. Well, we I'll don't have to it. do more negatives. We can. Yeah. But don't feel uh, obligated. No. Yeah. Let's talk about Jada. I think. Um. Damn it! He just steps up and he's like really ready every time especially every time shea is out like i said lou plays worse when shea is out it feels like jada steps steps his game up and uh efficiently leads the team uh almost every time that i've seen him, he looked awesome again i feel like his passing has gotten better as the season's gone on he's just great isn't it crazy that late in games their possessions even when shea's on the floor where they're just like Give Dub the ball and let him do his thing as a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie, he had twenty-one, seven, and ten tonight. By the way, twenty-one, almost a triple double. Only one of four from three. Got to the yeah. free throw line seven times, which is awesome. Four That's of his awesome. rebounds were offensive. He's uh, almost a team high, plus fifteen. Uh, Wiggins was a plus sixteen, and Dario Saric was a plus seventeen. Jada looks I, more like in shape now. Fat like faster now when I watch him. We watched him the whole year. They talked about him on the broadcast too. Some of the guys that the Spurs were putting on him, he's just too strong. Yeah. Way too strong. Like he's got the size, he's got the strength. Damn it, we know he's got the the wingspan, the length, right? Mm -hmm. And the the biggest thing has been the three point shot. But Silva, I went back because I'm a degenerate. I went back and listened <laughs> to our draft night podcast where we talked about all the draftees. Mm-hmm. The thing we talked about the most with J Dub was the spot up shooting because of how well he shot it in college. Like 45% on catch and shoots, I think, is the stat. That's going to come around. Yeah. Like, and when that comes around, how do you defend this guy? Because he can blow by you with the speed, he can bully you with the size, he can finish over the top with the length. And once he starts to shoot, we already know he can pass, he can dribble. I mean, you never it's, feel it's like wild. he's wild. You never feel like he's taking up too many possessions either. Like sometimes ball handlers, young ball handlers can like overdo it. Yeah. And and really take away from the team with the amount of shots they're taking or them running too many plays. But he just fits in. See, like he took uh, I think 17 shots tonight, 18 shots tonight. That's a lot of shots for J-Dub, but it didn't, none of it felt forced to me. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's the opposite. I want him to be a little more aggressive. Yeah. There are times where he catches on the perimeter and I want him to shoot and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he could, like the the elbow mid-range shot could be something that could work for him. Uh, I took that shot a lot in college. And like you said, catch and shoot threes. There's just a lot of ways he is, uh, that I foresee him expanding his offensive game. Uh, and just fitting right in with what this team wants to do moving forward. So exciting. 
Yeah. We talked about Lou like not really being a great offensive fit for this team. Exact opposite for Dub. He's perfect for it. Dub fits like a glove. Yeah, and I like his pairing with Josh also. I like his pairing with anybody out there. Yeah. He just he he's freaking good. Like I don't know what he's else really to say. Good. He's just awesome. Yeah, we we saw this stuff in Summer League. Like we saw he was doing way less primary creation in Summer League and just doing all like the dirty work. Mm-hmm. And we were like, damn, that guy's going to be so useful on this team. And now he's doing so much more than we could have envisioned yeah. there. Like he's doing what he did at Santa Clara, but in the NBA with pretty with a pretty easy transition. Any chance he makes the rookie of the year race <laughs> close? Like, I don't think he's going to win. Paulo did way too much early on in the season. Yeah. But is I there thought... is there just any chance that he makes it close? Yes, I think there kind of is. Especially if you keep... So, especially with SGA having this abdominal injury that they're managing on back-to-backs. And some of these, some of these second games... Some, some of these games are going to be really important. If he is legitimately leading the Thunder into the play-in, yeah, I think there's a chance. Can I give you some stats real quick? Lay it on me. Since the All-Star break, Paulo Bancaro is averaging 20.9 points a game. Mm-hmm. J-Dub is averaging 20.8. Mm-hmm. Paulo is doing it on 16.5 shots and 44% shooting. <laughs> J-Dub is doing it on 13.5 shots, 60% from the field, 50% yeah. from three. 81% from the free throw line. Paulo is 44, 30, and 71. When it comes to rebounds, 6.7 for Paulo, 4.8 for Dub. Assists, 4 for Paulo, 4.5 for Dub. That's impressive for Paulo Bancaro. It is. Um, turnovers, Paulo has 2.7 per game. J Dub has 1.5. J-Dub averaging two and a half steals a game since that the break. sick. Just incredibly impressive stuff. Um, Paulo was a minus 3.6. Dub is a positive 0.4. They are playing virtually identical minutes as well. Paulo plays about 40 seconds more per game. Uh, yeah, he, J-Dub has a case. I think I don't think uh, Ben. He's Mad- really ben putting Mad- the pressure on here at the end. When you look at yeah. the entire season, J Dub is only at thirteen point four points mm-hmm. compared to Paulo's twenty, uh, but the efficiency is unreal. J Dub shooting fifty two percent for the season, thirty four percent from three. Um, that's ten percentage points better than Paulo from the field, and it is uh, six percentage points better from the three point line. Yeah, Paulo's been awesome, and I think he's probably gonna. It's not an insane take to say that he's probably going to have a better. He's probably has a higher ceiling than Jada, but from an efficiency standpoint, Jada has been a more impactful player and con- has contributed to like winning games more a little bit. I think even though Paolo is like a first or second option on the Magic, Jada yeah. is almost that for this surprise Thunder team too. Uh, funny, funny stat for Paolo. Do you know what his three what his three point percentage was in, for the month of February total? What? Three. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to take a lot of shots. You have to take a lot of threes to get to 3%. That's bad. <laughs> um, I think Paulo's going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I think Dub gets number two. I, think I he's, agree. I think he's past 
Ben Matherin, and it's not really close. No, uh, Ben Matherin averages more turnovers than assists, uh, and his efficiency has gone way down. He's also been, had a really good year, but yeah, J-Dub. he hit a wall. He did. He like hit a wall. He's do. And yeah. J Dub, um, there was no wall. There no. was like, uh, you know, when you play Mario Kart and mm-hmm. you hit those little like arrows on the ground that speed boost you. Yes. That's what J Dub hit while everyone else hit the wall. Everyone else got red shelled and J Dub got the star. And he's trying to blue shell Paolo. It's a deeper cut for all you Mario Kart fans. <laughs> I, I played it. Mario Kart yesterday. Great game. 12th overall pick. Hey, uh, if Chet had played this season, how would the J-Dub converse? Like, would we have been able to contain ourselves on this podcast? Maybe it was for the best that... No, I'm not going to say that. That's stupid. But... Well, I think... I mean, it's not for the best that Chet got hurt. No. But I think if Chet is playing a lot, J-Dub doesn't get this shine. Yeah. And now you've kind of opened up this box of what J-Dub can do. Mm-hmm. And then you add Chet in, and you already had these high expectations for Chet. I think maybe in the long run, it plays out more positively uh, for the development of the team. Again, that's not to say Chet getting injured no. was a good thing. Right. But staggering, letting Dub dominate whenever he was more questionable, and then letting Chet come back in and integrate, Like, I think it's a Wait, they, kind the of a good have- staggering. Yeah, the Thunder have made the best out of a really shitty situation with Chet getting hurt because Chet is also going to use his time to bulk up and hopefully prevent injuries in general from happening to him later on in his career. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better season, though, all things considered. Couldn't agree more. Gable in the chat says, if Chet and Dub pan out, this could be the single greatest draft haul ever for a team. Did they draft Harden and Ibaka in the same draft? Ooh, I think they did. Let me see. I think that's correct. If so, that's that's pretty freaking good. That's pretty freaking good. But we're not factoring in Usman here. True. Like, he could if be Usman reaches his potential, and you got all three of those guys in one year, that's absurd. Also, yeah. holy shit, the payday in four years. Oh, my God. You're going to have to pony yeah. up some cash. Yeah. Ibaka draft. Serge Ibaka was 2008. Harden was 2009. So Ibaka was the rush draft. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty damn good draft. Uh, That's funny. Good God. Uh, Clarkson in the chat says, Serge was drafted with Russ, but was a rookie with Harden. Oh, okay. Because he spent a year overseas. Nice. Serge wore a Sonics hat. Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) wild. All right, last takeaway from this game. I mean, there could be a lot. I, Not a podcast. I could do a podcast series over Dario Saric. Oh, my God. fit with this team. Forgot, yeah, totally forgot about that. Yeah. Team high plus 17, 10.7 rebounds, three assists, and a steal in 18 minutes. Are you freaking kidding me, Dario? Just a professional. Dude, he plays like he's in slow-mo. Yeah. He's like the ultimate old man game. Mm-hmm. And he cooks he he's a bit like forward Steven Adams you know like if, if Steven Adams was shrunk down a bit to fit into this Thunder team plays with a similar unselfishness mm-hmm. offense he's a he's a blast he's freaking awesome dude yeah Trey man Jeremiah Robinson Earl mm-hmm. 
at this point, just very clearly, not part of the rotation. They're no. out. They're out. I mean, on a night when Shea doesn't play, Lindy gets 23 minutes, Trey Mann gets zero. Um, Usman Jane gets 28 minutes. Jay Will gets 26 minutes. Dario Saric gets 18 minutes. Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl gets zero. Like, what do you read into this, Silva? Because it's very clear that those guys got their opportunities and now they're being mm-hmm. sat. I think we have a question in the mailbag coming up. So I, I want to save some thoughts for that. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. They're not getting an opportunity. Will, I guess let me ask you this. Do they find themselves back in the rotation by the time the season is over? I think yes. Uh, I think Mark has talked about this before, how he kind of has uh, schedules for players as far as when they're going to play a bunch of minutes, when they're not. Um, I think that type of maintenance and development planning for JRE was altered greatly by his injury. I think he's been out of whack since returning from this really bad ankle sprain. Um, I don't know if he's made a shot since coming back. Maybe he may have made one, but he, he looked bad when he came back. Uh, he missed. When did he get hurt? Was it like November, December? I think it was December. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. Uh, a guy who's, I mean, JRE's not like super young, but he needs an on-ramp to the season, and his on-ramp got derailed. Now he's trying to come back after everyone's been playing for months and months and months, and it's just tough. It's been really tough for him, especially when a guy like Jay Will is playing so well who you would think could battle him for minutes. And Dario comes in and is like awesome right away. Trey Mann is a little different because would you, would you say that they're choosing to play Lindy? Like, do Lindy and Trey Mann, do, do you think they share minutes? That's an interesting question. Um, is it You mean like is it one or the other? Like yeah. there's X amount of minutes available and mm-hmm. somebody's going to get them? Right. I don't know if Mark views it that way, mm-hmm. especially with how small of lineups he's been playing recently for stretches. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's very clear that Isaiah Joe and Lindy Waters have overtaken him right now. They and I don't know if this was a direction, like direction from the coaching staff. But have you noticed Isaiah Joe's been attempting more step back threes? Uh, yeah, which I think is interesting, and I think. You know, some of that is like him opening yeah. up his game a little bit more. Uh huh. And that's, he's like taking the shots that Trey Mann has just not had the confidence to take this year. So it, Trey's had the wind taken out of his sails for sure on his development path. And I don't know if he's going to continue that in Oklahoma City. Like, I expect Trey Mann to be on the roster next year unless he gets lumped in with a trade, like to move up in the draft. And I don't think he's, I'm, I'm not like totally out on him as a prospect, but uh, this situation specifically is not the best for him right now, I don't think. Agreed. Is it, weird, is it weird that Trey Mann kind of feels like a rocket? Oh, he totally does. But I think he would probably help them a little bit. Like he's not a, whenever you think of the Rockets, I'm thinking of someone like Deshaun Nix, who's just like chucking making bad plays, look at Josh Christopher type, you know, just kind of being detrimental. Trey, man, I think he knows how to play basketball the right way. So he probably, he'd probably help them a little bit, but he needs to go to a situation 
like that. Hopefully with better vibes than that. But yep. <laughs> not as toxic. Not as toxic. San Antonio. You know, they have Yeah, yeah. Need, that'd be a good one. Blake Wesley. I'm kinda out on that. He was just chucking away tonight, but yeah. I feel like that's probably fair. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to look at the standings before we move on? Yeah. You got it pulled up? I do have it pulled up. So after tonight, the Thunder technically in the 12th spot. The Portland Trailblazers got absolutely waxed by the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Mm. Um, they are at 31 and 37 in the 13th spot. The Thunder, the Pelicans, the Jazz, all 33 and 35. The Lakers are currently playing the Knicks. Do you know the score of that game, Silva? No, but I can Not that it matters. People that are listening to this are listening like after that game is over. Mm -hmm. Unless you're in the live stream. Uh, Knicks 74, Lakers 69 in the third quarter. So, In the third quarter or end of? In the third quarter, nearing the end. Okay. Wow, that's not a lot of points. No. If the Knicks win, then the Lakers, Jazz, Pelicans, and Thunder will all be 33 and 35. (laughs) They will all be one game behind the Mavericks and the Timberwolves, who are at 34 and 34, and two games behind the Golden State Warriors at 35 and 33. That is maddening, what you just said. I know. The Thunder are just right there, right in the mix. There's a chance for them. I mean, they are playing really good basketball right now. There's a chance for them to continue to climb. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned, so not this coming up week, which we'll talk about, here in a little bit during our predictions segment. But the week after, the Thunder played the Lakers or the the Clippers twice, the Lakers and the Blazers. And I said that's probably the make or break week. There's a chance the Blazers are already in tank mode by then because they're so far removed. They yeah, I, no, I think you might be right. They suck. They really suck. Like, like talk talk about a team that needs to choose a direction. It's probably the Trailblazers. I don't know how they choose to go up. I know. No, they, they need to choose. They need. They grind, made all in grinding. Boots. Grinding is not the direction for, yeah. for them and Dame. Love, I love Dame. Personally, I mean, the Thunder but. and the Blazers are right like at the same spot right now. Mm-hmm. But their trajectory is taking them in two opposite directions. Yeah, could not be more different. The Thunder are skying the mm-hmm. rocket ship is exploding off the launch pad shooting into space meanwhile the portland trailblazers are what which rocket was the one that blew up is that apollo 13 yeah and then the the pieces of that rocket fell into like a bog in louisiana and that's where they are just sitting there in a swamp sounds about right because i just lost in louisiana yep uh, by an ass beating to the pelicans <laughs> All right, Silva, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we have our mailbag questions and some predictions for the following week. So we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back. So shout out to all of you on Twitter and Reddit in the chat tonight for your questions. Uh, We have a ton. Looking like it's just going to be Silva and I, the two-man game tonight. It's beautiful. Just the pick and and roll. It's the Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams show here on the the contested tonight. Jacob Squared. Hey, everybody. My name is also Jacob. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this podcast. (laughs) Exposing state secrets on the show tonight. <laughs> Get your comments in on the chat if you haven't already. We have a lot in our doc as well. Silva, so, do you just want to go back and forth? You ask one, I'll ask one. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, right. You go yeah. first. Okay, cool. Uh, first one from at Kicks High on Twitter. Last game saw the starting five get quite a bit of play time. The Thunder didn't go quite as deep into their bench as they usually do. Uh, guys like Trey Mann and, J- and JRE haven't seen much or any play time in the last two games. Is player development time over? Are the Thunder now focusing on the playoffs? It's a great question. This is the one that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, is player development time over, and are they pushing for the playoffs? It's interesting. Like, they are 100% developing J-Will. Yeah. He's a rookie. And J Dub, who is a rookie, and Usman Jang, who is a rookie, and Josh Giddy, who is the second youngest player on the team and a second year player. Like all these guys technically are still developing. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this interesting to me, Silva, because they are developing guys, but they're also winning games. The rotations are a little bit shorter. So does that mean that Trey Mann and JRE aren't developing anymore because they're out? I mean, even Lindy Waters is getting minutes. Yeah. I think they're de- I think guys like 
Trey and JRE are still developing like at practice, you know, I think that's kind of where their development track is at this point. This might be really harsh to say, but the guys that are developing and playing right now, just don't, they are not stinking during their development process. Like their development process is going right along with them actually being pretty good. Like Usman, he's pretty good. Usually when you think of developing a guy, you think they have to, they have to kind of stink and you, you play them anyway. And that's how you develop them. That does not necessarily happen. Like Usman's 19. It was like making good decisions and is clearly well coached. And he's also developing. It's a, it's a strange thing. Strange thing. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think they're playing guys in rotations to try to win basketball games. Mm -hmm. And I think during that, they are getting young guys critical developmental minutes. But at the end of the day, this roster is inevitably going to turn. Guys are going to leave. New guys are going to come in. I mean, if we had to make a tier list, Silva, of like top tier are Thunder players that we think are like borderline untouchable. Mm -hmm. Middle tier is guys that are pretty good showing promise. And bottom tier are the candidates to not be on the team next year. Where do Trey and JRE fall in those three tiers? Without thinking about it too much, probably in the last one. That's what I think. I mean, when I think of guys that probably won't be on this team next year, that have to fit in that tier. If, you, if you're going, there's 15-man roster. If you're going 5-5-5, five, five, mm-hmm. five, that top untouchable tier, who's in that? Shea? Mm-hmm. Dub, Giddy, Giddy Chet. Chet. Yeah. Probably just those four. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Your next tier in the middle, like these guys are promising and we like them. Mm-hmm. Oos is in that tier. Oos could, Oos could like almost go, go in that above tier. Almost go, but it's just like we don't, we haven't seen enough just yet. Yeah. You know? I, I keep him in that middle tier. Yeah. Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. Is in that middle tier. He's, he has crawled out of the bottom tier, I think. Yeah. Who else is in that middle tier? Poku. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about Poku. Poku is a great one. I think Jay Will is a yeah. great one. Ken, uh, Kenrich. Kenrich for sure is in that tier. So then that leaves the bottom tier. Trey Mann. JRE. Yeah. Dario Sharich. Yeah. Lindy Waters. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way the tiers kind of play out we, right now. We never said Lou Dort. <laughs> oh, where does Lou Dort go? He goes in the middle for me. If I'm being a hater, I'm putting him in the bottom one. But if I'm being a realist, he goes in the middle. Yeah, he goes in the middle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some people might argue he goes in the top tier. I would completely I would and totally push back against that. Maybe a few years ago. Yeah, and that's not recency bias either. Like that's inevitable. Yeah. So to finish off the question, I think it's a balance of the two. I just think Trey Mann and JRE aren't good enough to play minutes for this team right now. I'm with you. And you know what? That's a good thing. If those two are not good enough to play, that is a great problem to have. You have guys truly competing for a roster spot at this point. So it's, I mean, last year I was arguing that Trey Mann should maybe start this year. Yeah. It's been a rough year for the dude. It has. It has. All right, next one. 
also comes from Twitter from Black Dolphin Five. What is Poku's role next season? And which players do you think will be left behind in the 23-24 season? So what's Poku's role? And then let's choose like if they need to get rid of three guys, who are the three guys that get quote unquote left behind next year? Yeah. Uh Poku's role could be greatly varied because we saw Poku when when healthy start a lot. Uh so you you gotta think that the organization feels feels like they're they, they still want to invest in him. Uh, I feel like he really made a leap forward this year. Still super young. Is he 20 or 21? Just turned 21 uh, the day after Christmas. Yeah, so still very young. I don't know what his contract situation is like next year. Next year he's still on his rookie scale deal, but uh, he can be extended this coming summer. Okay. Really curious to see if that extension comes. Like very curious. I think Poku this summer is what Baisley was last summer. Yeah. Uh, I see. So Poku is definitely going to play a lot next year. That's what I think currently. Um, I could even see him depending on who they draft. I could see Poku starting next year. Um, if not, who's who the starting lineup then? Oh boy. That leads into, I think it's pretty easy. If you're saying Poku starts, I think it's mm-hmm. pretty easy. So then it's SGA, Dub, Giddy, Poku, Chet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Dort either is gone via trade or is coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. If Poku starts, I think that is the starting lineup. Yeah, and I think Poku fits in that starting lineup. Or there's an injury. Or there's an injury, yeah. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes regardless. He is, uh, whenever next season, whenever Chet is not on the court, Poku does offer some rim protection. That'll still be valuable. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the, journey, the Poku journey is still continuing, still moving forward. We're on the odyssey. I agree. Three guys who might get left behind next year, meaning uh, they get waived, cut, traded, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the guys at the bottom of the totem pole for you right now. Yeah. Kind of ties back to a conversation we had, but JRE, I think, is there. Even though I feel like things happen so fast on a young team like this, don't they? I know. I know. We were talking to him about like being the next Nick Collison last year. Does that worry you for J. Will? JRE was awesome rookie year. Yeah. Sophomore year, we're talking about cutting him. J. Will on the same track, almost the same draft position. Uh huh. Kind of worries me. It does worry me a little bit. Trey Mann, same thing, second year fall off. Yeah. I do wonder. Yeah. It does. It does a little bit. JRE just, I don't know. I feel like we always kind of knew his, it's the ceiling, I -hmm. think, for him. And J. Will, you can see a higher ceiling, I think. You can see a little Al Horford, and you can see a little Al Horford and J. Will. You can see a little PJ Tucker, Grant Williams, and JRE as a as a ceiling, and you kind of you want to go with the Al Horford there usually. Okay, so you got JRE. Who's the two other ones? Uh, it's gonna be Trey Mann. I think he just needs wow. an opportunity elsewhere. I think. Um, oh, actually, no. So I let me rephrase that. Trey Mann was not there yet. Um, can I say Lindy Waters? Yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah. Um, He's actually been pretty good recently. So yeah, props. I do not think he's on a contract next season. I would be no. shocked. No. Do you think he's on a contract anywhere? Could be. Just not here. Yeah. And then Dario. Yep. I think, I think those the are the three. One. That's the right that's the right answer for me. Yeah. Three. Especially with Poku and Chet coming back. Mm-hmm. Dario's been good though. He's been really good. Really All good. All right, your turn. 
Okay, from at Brother Reed 11 on Twitter. Are we at the point that we can definitively say that the 2022 draft class is better than the 2021 draft class, even without seeing Chet? Or is that just recency bias? Mm. It's a fun question. So 2021 would be Josh, Trey Mann. I think he's talking about the class overall. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. If we're talking Thunder yeah. draft class, it's this class and it's not really close because Dub is insane. Insane. And you haven't seen Chet. Uh-huh. If we're talking overall draft class, I think you have to give it more time. I mean, 2021's got some good players in it. It does. Kate is good. Franz is really good. Scotty's really good. Uh, Evan, Mobley. Evan Mobley is really good. Really Josh good. is good. You notice I didn't mention Jalen Green. Yeah. Jaylen I forget Green. he was taken above Evan Mobley. Jalen Green is Trey Man with a green light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if we're that talking is. if we're talking Thunder centric, mm-hmm. you could say this draft is better. Yeah. Dub is really good. A redraft right now. Does Dub go third? Oh, oh my God. Fourth? Oh he goes top God. five, right? It probably still yeah. goes Apollo. I think Chet still goes up there. And Jabari's you could not argue, going third. You could argue Keegan. You could argue Ben Matherin. You could argue Jaden Ivey. You could argue J-Dub. Yeah. Of those four, two of them are going in that top five. Damn. Sorry, You're three right. of them are going in that top five. You're right. Yeah. Does Jabari go in the lottery? Yes. Hopefully to a better situation than Houston. Yeah. So bad. I'm a Jabari hater because I'm a Houston hater. Yeah. Good question. Thanks, brother Reed. Really good question. Thanks, brother. Brother. Uh, from C Monk C Green Monkeys on Twitter. <laughs> if things go as well as we think they will next season, where do you think the Thunder end up at in the playoffs? Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. You know the answer, everyone listening. They're absolutely going to the playoffs. I but think- what seed? I think I think they could be five. Maybe oh, even brother. Four. I think I think we could be talking home court advantage. Four or five is where I'm at right now. In, I think uh, March twelfth March twelfth of twenty twenty three. I'm saying four or five. I I think I would agree with you. Because there's just a lot of teams like the as far as choosing a direction, there are a lot of teams in the West that I think are gonna choose to suck ass next year and or or just going to be aging out of contention your golden states of the world your portland's of the world memphis has some problems there's the nuggets the pelicans can't stay healthy ever the clippers are getting older there's a lot of room for the thunder to just climb those standings i agree i think they're going to be pretty damn high up there and that's just scratching the surface just scratching the surface. Thank you, C Green Monkeys, for the Twitter question. We appreciate it. Uh, okay. okay. Yep. Uh, from at OKC2024 Champs <laughs> on Twitter, I think Presti understands the value of a high pick, especially with this draft class. Do you think the Thunder are making a push with the idea that Presti will finally cash in picks to move up, or do you think he saves them to eventually trade for a star who is unhappy? I have said since the start of the rebuild 
that it is way more likely that they use draft picks to trade up on draft night to get better picks than it is they trade for a star. And I firmly believe that. I still believe that. I don't think this season is a scenario of Presty saying, hey, win as many games as you can and I'll just trade stuff to move up. Takes two to tango. You don't know that you can trade two to get up. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think he is going to be incredibly aggressive trying to trade up. Um, I- I've mentioned it a ton of times this season. I think this is the year he tries to cash in assets to climb the draft board. Let's say they do make the play-in uh, and they lose and they end up with like the 11th or 12th best lottery odds. If the pick doesn't jump, I would not be shocked at all to see them trying to trade young players who weren't in that that A-tier list we were talking about and future picks to move up. If there's a guy, if Presty loves Jarris Walker and thinks he can get him at five, would not shock me uh, for Presty to be offering um, his own Thunder future picks, like that Jazz pick, that Philly pick, things like that. To try to move up, um, I mean, how much do the Houston and the Clippers picks come in play? I think those yeah. are like the the top, top-tier assets. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't shock me at all to see them try to move up the draft board this summer. Consolidate Especially, some of those yeah. assets. Especially if you can target a team that is in the top, in, that is in the top half of the lottery that really thinks they can win next year. And maybe they want to trade out to get more assets so that they can package it for a star like, like the trailblazers. If they really decide to double down and they ended up, they end up jumping in the lottery. That's a team you could trade some assets to because they think, Oh, I can go find someone with these picks and add them to this core. We have. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Nope. Uh, my turn. Yep. From, uh, Dan Stam on Twitter. What do you guys think about the J Dub Andre Iguodala comparison? Both are six foot six guards slash forwards with freaky wingspans, six eleven for Iggy, seven two for Dub. Good handles and passing for their size, all around game, athleticism, and defense. He says, I think J Dub has a higher offensive ceiling, though. Yeah. Um, I think I agree with the offensive ceiling thing first and foremost. Andre Iguodala was always kind of when he was on like the Sixers, especially where he was drafted, was always a little overqualified for the role on offense uh, that he was tasked with doing, I think. Uh, But as a defender, Andre historically has been like really, really, really freaking good. I don't know what his rewards are, but uh, without trying to sound like a huge homer, I think Andre would is a better defender than Jada will ever be for physical reasons. And the way he thinks the game, I don't know if that's totally off base. Um, but I think J-Dub can be a very good defender. Um, I, while I'm talking, I'm going to see if, like if Andre has has made a all-defense team, do we think J-Dub would ever make an all-defense team? Uh, I, I don't think he would off the top of my head. But the as far as offense goes, I like, I don't know, if we're going to compare him to someone, Jalen Brown is the, is the name I think of. That's Before the comparison I, I go Iguodala. to as well. Yeah. The size, the length, the offensive game. 
but I prefer, and this is not a slight to Jalen Brown, I prefer the way J-Dub, I prefer J-Dub's feel for the game more than Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, it seems like he had to be taught. I think he's more of a gunner. He's more of a gunner. Um, kind of had to be taught the vision aspects of the game uh, as far as making reads while driving, while making, while trying to score on his own. And J-Dub, that is just so natural. And it's because of the way he grew up. He grew up as a, as a point guard that had a growth spurt. Agreed. Yeah, uh, I think that's good. Uh, the Iggy comparison is okay. I like the Jalen Brown comparison better. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Dan Stam, for the Twitter question. Silva, you're up. All right, from at Huslig Ryan on Twitter. <laughs> what is your favorite pregame bar near the Paycom Center? Well, you're asking the wrong guy because I don't drink. <laughs> just pa- Jacob's just pounded beers before he goes to Thunder Games. <laughs> um, I've heard the Omni. Uh, or the the restaurant in the Omni Hotel mm-hmm. right across the street is pretty good. Um, oh, why am I going blank? Uh, the restaurant at the bottom of the the other hotel, the Colcord. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. It's where the franchise, the the radio station, always does their pregame show. Why am I forgetting the name? That place is a really good restaurant. Mm. Uh, also has a bar. Uh, I really like Silva. Have you had? Have you had Dave's Hot Chicken? No, no. It's really good. Okay, like really good. Yeah. Uh, not really a bar. I think you can get a beer there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for a pregame meal, that place is awesome. Texadelphia. That's also awesome. I usually go there because I hate parking. I hate finding parking. And if you go to Texadelphia, you can just park there. And then uh-huh. walk to the game. And they exactly. have good food. They also have drinks. It's great. There you go. There's a Fuzzies nearby. There's a Spark. Spark, the uh, little... The burger place in the Sisterville Park. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Why can I not remember the name of that freaking restaurant at the bottom of the Cold Court Hotel? I don't know. If someone here in our chat is uh, from Oklahoma, please, God, help us. I'm going to look it up. You're going to look it up? I don't blame you. There's a lot of good places to eat in downtown Oklahoma City in general. Flint. It's called Flint. Oh, Flint. Flint is wonderful. F&A. Flint. I have not been there. You told me about it, though. Very pricey for a dinner. It used to be like burgers and fries and stuff, and it was cheap. And then my wife and I went, and the only thing I found appetizing on the meal was the ribeye for like $75. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rule of thumb: a, if you're a... going to drink before the Thunder game, I mean, if you're going to drink and go to a game, drink before because the beers are like eight dollars, eight to eleven dollars at the Paycom Center. And yeah. there goes any sponsorship with the team and the Paycom Center. <laughs> I'm yep. teasing. I'm teasing. Adios. Uh, very good. Thank you, Ryan, for the Twitter question. Next one comes from MK three two five four nine one. Who will the Thunder's biggest oh. rival be? when they return to the postseason, in your opinion? This is a great question. It is a good one. And I think I know. Who is the biggest rival in the previous era? Is it Memphis or San Antonio? It has to be Memphis, right? San Antonio is another good one. Dallas a little bit. Probably Memphis, though. I think Memphis is the answer for the old Thunder. What's the new Thunder? You know what's really funny is that it's probably still Memphis. You think so? I think it's going to be. I think they are the Dark Thunder. 
especially after all this stuff that keeps happening. The Dark Thunder. They're uh, they're the Thunder's Wario. Yeah, because the, people often ranked Memphis as like the best core, best young core in the NBA. Now they've kind of risen a bit, and now it's all kind of falling apart from the darkness that I mentioned. And then now the Thunder kind of had the Shea best young versus core. jaw comparisons. Yeah, Dort Dylan Brooks. Uh huh. Chet versus Triple J. God, he's gonna. Get- oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. J Dub versus um. This is why the Desmond Thunders- Bain. Yeah. Then there's Josh Giddy. The Thunder have more young talent than the Grizzlies. Just naming this this stuff yeah. off. Amen suggests the Pelicans. Maybe I just don't. Brighton know. says the Warriors. I can't handle another Warriors rivalry. Please no, I can't. The Pelicans one is fun if they'd ever be healthy. I know because that's the, the Chet downside. versus Zion comparison is just so much fun. Would be hilarious. I would love one to is, see one is built like an overweight bowling ball. Yeah, the other is built like. If you got a like a picture on your computer of like mm-hmm. a young tree, and then you know how you can grab the corners and stretch it, and you just stretched it really <laughs> long and tall. Here's what I want out of a Memphis OKC matchup. So we're in the playoffs. Let's fast forward next year. We're in the playoffs. It's game four, five, six. four, five, four, five. Th- Thunder Memphis. It's I don't know what game it would be. Game six in Memphis. The Thunder are up in the series. Let's just say. Let's say the Thunder are going to Memphis to close it out. Ooh, okay. 3-2 okay. in Memphis. Yes, here's the scenario. Head they say men can't write fanfic. It's after halftime. They're exiting the tunnels. You hear the announcer in Memphis say, for the first time this season, it's Kenneth Lofton Jr. <laughs> to shut down Chet because he's been dominating all playoff series. He is the Chet killer. That's the narrative. And then he quickly gets played off the floor. The best scenario is after that happens <laughs> down the stretch of the game. Thunder up to minute to go. Jaw drives to the basket. Cocks it back, goes for a signature dunk. Chet just swallows it, <laughs> just erases it. And then the broadcast camera picks up Chet yelling, whoop that trick. <laughs> Bitch, <laughs> Jacob passes out, <laughs> wakes up speaking in tongues. Oh my god, I kind of thought you were gonna say Jay will charge. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. the hate? Man, all of Jaw's friends would point lasers at the refs after that game. They were. <laughs> uh, Great question, MK325491. Yeah. I love that one. Silva, yeah. you're up next. Okay, from at Chetty Spaghetti oh, on Twitter. It. What does a Mikhail Bridges to OKC package look like? Ooh, that's a fun one. Yeah, it is. First, before we talk it, does Mikhail fit the, the new build Thunder? Yes. I think it's undoubtedly yes. Because you can, even if he's not like, I don't know, the ball handler that you might want, you can just move him down the line. Like he, All he has to do is catch and shoot and play insane defense. Well, look at what he's been doing. Crazy. His you know? stats have all gone up, and his efficiency has not really dipped. I'm trying to pull up Fanspo, and it's just not loading for me to do this mock trade. Yeah. Will it load for you? Let's see. Fanspo. Like, my internet isn't out, is it? No, because the ESPN trade machine boots up oh. like a charm. Yeah, it's not loading for me either. Boo. Broken. All right, I'm going to pull up the ESPN trade machine because I at least got to see salaries, 
right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's find the Brooklyn Nets. Mikael Bridges makes 20K a year. 20K. <laughs> 20 mil. <laughs> let's adjust that. Um, this one That's doesn't let me like pick draft stock. picks. <laughs> so it would have to start with Lou Dort. Yeah. Lou Dort and Usman Jang. Mm-hmm. Lou Dort and Poku. Uh-huh. Like you have to choose one other player with Lou. What do you choose? Probably, probably Poku. <laughs> I'm trying to think of because they probably they say de- no, though, right? They probably say no. They're going to want one of one of the big boys, one of like a Josh or oh, no. J Dub. So you just don't do it. What if it's then. let's say the Thunder um, end up with pick twelve? Okay, in this, in this year's draft, Dort Us twelve. Two other future firsts. The Utah one that's yeah. protected one through five, and the Philly one that's protected one through six. They also apparently turned down four firsts from the Grizzlies. Yeah, I heard that. But those could those could be bad firsts. Like the Thunder, as far as quality goes, the Thunder have higher quality picks offering that. I almost mm-hmm. wouldn't do this trade in general. I don't too rich for your taste. Yeah. Just like let it, you want to let it. This would be a trade you make in like 2027 or something around that. How if you, old is Mikhail? Uh, he came in as an older rookie. Let's see, 26. It's not bad. How many years does he have Wait, left on his deal? I'm 26. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. About to to say, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, he's older. How about that? You played yourself. Played myself. He's under contract in the next season and then two seasons after that. So if okay. you traded for him this summer, you would get him for three years. So yeah. he would be uh he would be needing a new contract at the same time that Chet's contract and J Dub's contract kick in. Mm-hmm. That's when things get a little wild on the Thunder. That's when all lot. these contracts are molding that's a together. a lot of money. Yeah. I think that's probably something in the ballpark of what that trade package would look like, though. Don't you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. From Rated XR. I think it's supposed to be Rated Space R on Twitter. What does next year's starting five look like? And what's the best five players on this team five years from now? Oh my. Um let's best five players on this team starting from now. Okay. And so next year's starters next year. What do you got? Yeah, starters next year. I've got uh SGA, Josh. I feel like Giddy. four of them are already locked in, right? Yeah, yeah. Shea Giddy dub chet. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be Is Shea the Giddy. fifth Lou. I think to start the year, yes. Okay. But I think if I had to pick like post all star break, it's it might be like Poku. Interesting. Or maybe it's the rookie they draft. Or maybe it's the rookie they draft. Maybe it's like Aaron Wiggins and you play, you slide Jada up to four, up to the four. Okay. Maybe it's Kenrich. Okay. So five, five years, years from, now. from now, that is insane. That's tough. Who's on That's this team so five tough. years from now? No idea. You hope Shea, Josh, Dub, Chet 
are still there. And then the fifth, it's just, it's just Grady Dick. I don't know. The um, fifth is Cody Williams, who the Thunder ooh. draft number two overall with the Clippers yeah. pick in 2024. The fifth is Bronny James. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. That one's so hard to answer. Five years is tough. Uh from AA Smoot on Twitter. Oh, is this one's your turn, right? Yes. Okay. Oh boy. Sorry, didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, no, no. Uh this is okay, there's three questions here. You want me to just do the top one? Uh yeah, let's let's just do all three very quickly. Okay. Who's the best hooper on the pod? And if you could compare your basketball game to any Pokemon, which one would it be? <laughs> oh, this is a great one. Let me Who's just the say best it. hooper on the pod? Let me just say it so you don't have to. It's you. Is it not Nick? No, Nick doesn't. <laughs> say it. Say it. Nick doesn't ball like that. He doesn't. He's not going to the gym every day, practicing ball. Compare. I, I appreciate uh, your vote of confidence, J.D., He's not committed. Um, He's not as committed. He can have ceilings. You know, he can have the microwave scoring you need for sure. If you can compare your basketball game to a Pokemon, who would it be? Uh, call me Aris Geodude. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, he is. He's absolutely Geodude. That's hilarious. Um, Who's a really tall, lanky Pokemon? Because that would be Justin. I've never seen Justin yeah. Hoop before. No, I haven't either. Mm, I don't know. Let's see. What's this? Uh, I'm trying to think of who the hell I would be. The problem is I only know the first 151 Pokemon. Yeah. I never played anything after that. Mm-hmm. Things get a little wild. You get like variants from other places. And I don't know. You kind of nailed it already with the Kamiar Geo dude one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what are you? Are you like a Butterfree? I could be. I could be. I don't know. I don't think I want to be Butterfree. I could be like a Psyduck. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't mind that. We'll give you Psyduck. Um, I don't know any other ones. Who, what would I, since the other guys aren't here, who am I? What Pokemon? Yeah. Um. What's a good one? What's a really good one? This is difficult. My like, game, my game is more old man game, slow, crafty, like yeah. Euro step passing. Yeah, I've, narr- I've narrowed it down to like a ground type. You're probably a ground type, if I had to guess. Oh, okay. So ground type Gen One Pokemon. Let's find deep dive on the pod right now. Yeah, we're deep diving on the pod. Ground type. Who could it be? Do you want to be? Uh, do you want to be a sand slash? Sand? <laughs> you, I'm, I'm a I I cut. I'm a cutter. You're a cutter. You could be. Uh, thanks for the chat for not submitting a single one during this time. By the way, yeah, appreciate that, guys. <laughs> you could be a Nitto King if you want. I'll be your Nitto Queen. That's nice. Jacob is Machoke. That's a good one. How much I was that buff? <laughs> Trying to work up to that level of girth. Maybe like a, a Scyther? Yeah. There we go. Onyx, maybe? Onyx is my, maybe Justin. 
There you go. Onyx is Justin. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got some more from AA Smoot. What else we got? We got, how do you each evaluate players, both in terms of drafting them and their development? Um, that boy good. That boy good. That boy bad. <laughs> that boy long. <laughs> um, it's so hard to evaluate guys yeah. that they're drafting. Um, I feel like I can evaluate Thunder players good just because I watch them so frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, other guys around the league is a little more difficult, but yeah, I feel like I'm maybe one of the more like methodical, like looking at style of game and like pick and roll coverage type of shit on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick loves uh, Hoopers. He does. He loves Nick hoopers. loves Hoopers. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's kind of different how I evaluate them. Typically, I rely on smarter people than myself to tell me how to evaluate guys. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I I just look personally. I look for do they make good decisions regularly, and then I just trust that the Thunder can iron out the rest. You know, like are they a good processor of the game? I've just been scarred by the amount of non not great processors we had on the previous Thunder teams, and uh, I look for that now fair uh last one from aa smoot what's been your favorite podcast related moment or memory that's a great one vegas is pretty good so the the first one was a the, the first was it the post lottery podcast i think we had yeah, a prairie. prairie that was a really good one for me that was awesome going to vegas was awesome uh doing our live draft podcast was like a ton of fun i, I was tired as hell afterwards but that was very, very fun. I look forward to doing that again. Those are all awesome year. ones. Um, you're relatively new yeah. on the pod. Uh, getting to podcast with Antonio Daniels at the press in OKC. Um, getting to podcast with Perry Jones. Both of those were awesome opportunities. I got a chance to interview Mayor Holt for the mm-hmm. podcast. That was a cool one. Um, getting to cover G League games. Talk to guys like Lou Dort. Uh, that was really cool. Um, so those ones definitely go to the top for me. Yeah, Definitely go to the top for me. Uh, Silva, we also had some Reddit questions. I want to make sure we get to those. Uh, we're going a little long tonight, but that's okay. Cause I also want to hit the, the comment section has been incredible. Yep. Uh, they deserve a chance to, uh, to have their questions heard. Also meek leak with the correct answer, the blue wire room. In oh Vegas. yeah. Yeah. That was insane. Insane. All right, from Reddit, um, from new, you know why one mh three, you know why I'm here. There you go. It just took me a second to decipher it. Do you think the average sports fan cares more about their team having consistent long term success or about potentially being right about their own opinions formed during the draft process? Hmm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um. People do love being right, and they will ride or die based off previous things, as we've seen with guys like Darius Baisley had a lot of supporters, and we 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 used to get replies all the time about how people he should play more, he should play more. You never talk about Darius Baisley, and so those people do exist. But I do ultimately, those people are outliers. I think people care more about their team success. Yes, they are the vocal minority, the people that are concerned about their own draft process um 
So ultimately, we as fans are not experts on the draft process. So what should matter is the long-term success of the team. Very fair. You want to hit the uh, the next Reddit one? Yeah, from Big Skit, like Big Biscuit, but one word, Big Skit. 2322 on Reddit. My favorite highlight of all time will always be when Russ stole a pass in game five, game five versus LA and did the iconic flip layup. That is one of the most vivid basketball memories I have. That being said, what is everyone's favorite basketball related memory, Thunder or non Thunder related? Wonderful question. So many things to choose from. Mm hmm. If you want to think on it, I have two that are both happened in your living room. One good, one horrible. Interesting. I want to hear it. Okay, I'll go with the horrible one first. Uh, I was hanging out with your brother, and your dad was there too. We were watching a random playoff game. This is when I really got into the NBA. When Derrick Rose won his MVP, that next year I was like, wow, I like basketball. Derrick Rose is cool. I'm going to start watching the Bulls. So I was watching this playoff game that was taking place against the Sixers. And uh, Derrick Rose goes up for a layup and tears his ACL. And I watch him tear his ACL in your living room. And your dad and brother had walked away to do something. And I was just sitting there shell-shocked like, wait a minute. I love this player. And he's just lying on the ground. He's getting <laughs> carted out now. So that was the first one. That was really okay. bad. Uh, other, the, the, the good one is also in your living room. It was a Thunder Mavericks series when KD hit a game winner over like Sean Marion, like free throw line jumper. Oh, and I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we were just like picking each other up and throwing each other around afterwards. It was great. That was a blast. Um, mine, I'll go Thunder centric. Um, I was in the arena when Russ hit the fr three free throws. Chris Paul melted down. Serge Ibaka gets the stop to win game five against the Clippers. Mm hmm. That was insane. Absolutely insane. I was also in the arena for game six of the dub series. The Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. The clay game. Yep. Never been more dejected in my life. No. Um, and the one that really sticks out, I have this memory in my head of Kendrick Perkins dunking the basketball. The crowd going wild. KD with his arms extended up in the air, hugging his mom as the Thunder beat the San Antonio Spurs in game six to secure a spot in the NBA Finals. That was a great one. That one is like forever burned into my brain. That night, uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife and I, um, immediately drove to the store. I think Academy had NBA Finals shirts ready that night. The line was wrapped around the building. That's insane. Uh, it was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome experience. I'm excited to experience these, hopefully experience highs like that again, because I was just young, really young when the Thunder were good. Like I didn't realize how special it was to have that 2012 team. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how good all these guys would end up being. So I'm looking forward to that again, now that my brain is fully formed. All right. Uh, you want to hit some of the comments in the chat real quick, Silva? Yes. Um... Let's just really quickly go through here from the bottom up to the top. Kamiya reminded me of my bet. Thank you. You want to go got, bottom up? Bottom up. Bottom up. Yeah. Um, from Jade Upstand, does Duce injuries concern you long term at all? Um, not really. Me either. I think if 
this uh, like if the playoffs were happening, he would just be playing every game. I think. Uh, Brighton asked first three players to get cut or traded this offseason. I think we kind of already hit this. Lindy, JRE, Sharich, right? Yep. I would agree. Um, from Eamon, how are things different if Pogu didn't get hurt? How are things different if Oost didn't get hurt? As far as the, the way this season has gone on. I think if Poku doesn't get hurt, the trajectory of the team and what they're doing now is still the same. I think Jay Will probably gets doesn't get the chance to break out. I agree. And I don't like the assumption that the team just got good when Poku got hurt. Yeah. And for the Oos injury, I don't know how much that really changes stuff. I think he was going to still be in the G League regardless. Yes. Maybe he gets uh, Darius Baisley's minutes earlier. Yeah. Um, Matt Clarkson and Garrett also asked, do you think Poku's done for the season or do you think he's going to come back sometime soon? I don't know if we have any intel on that, but he has been going to the G League. I think he'll play before the year's over. I, I really do. You. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. Looking, 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 looking. Carrie says, we had so many big surprises this year, positive and negative, but the positive surpass surprises are one of the more important assets, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, negative. We got Trey Mann, JRE, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, yeah. I think has been a negative development this year. But when you develop a guy like J Dub, um, when Shea goes from being good, like top, I, I think he was like top 40 uh, in like those preseason top 100 players in the league. Next season, he's going to be top 20, top 15. I'm with you. He's going to be an all NBA. Like at this point, I would almost be shocked if Shea's not an, on one of the three all NBA teams. He will be. Certainly. He, I think he definitely will be. I mean, you get Steph. Who's missed a lot of games. You get probably book jaw. What East guards are Donovan there? Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, maybe Tyrese Halliburton. There's five. Yeah. Like Shea's going to be on that list. Yep. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, earlier question that you might know the answer to from Benelephant from Benelephant King. What do they vote for rookie of the year stuff? Um, it's media and it's at the same time that things like MVP, defensive player of the year, all defense, all so that's like, all so NBA. It's like mid playoffs. Uh, we'll probably hear it. Um, end of the season or mid playoffs. I th- um, do they still do the award show? I don't. I don't even know. I don't know. We just find out on Twitter. Yeah. Usually, you know. uh, Danny Reich says, does Hog J have a real chance to stay or does he become JRE next year? It's a really great question. A really great point. We thought the world of JRE last year, I said it could be a 10 year backup big. We're already talking about him being gone. I feel like J will has a little more skill set. The shooting, the passing, the taking charges has surprisingly translated incredibly well. Yeah. So what do you think? Oh, I think he has a real chance to still impact the team. And I think JRE's big benefit was that, hey, he can play next to Chet. Do you do you think Jay Will can play next to Chet? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know either. Depends on, I mean, it depends on if Chet's going to, it's probably matchup based. And do we think Chet can guard fours? 
probably. Yeah. I don't know if Jay Will's going to guard fours. It doesn't. They, seem they to might have run that. that zone some too. True. Very true. Um, David talking about Lou Dort says, according to rumors this summer, Portland tried to trade pick eight for Lou, and OKC declined, which tells me they would want a ton back for him. I'm not really sure about the validity of those rumors. No. Right now, if you offered me pick eight for Lou, I think I'd do it. I would do it immediately. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the fan base is going to split on Lou. Like, I don't think you can deny he has been very underwhelming offensively and doesn't really fit defensively. He's very important. He is. He just needs a larger, he needs a reduced role, I think, if things are going to continue in Oklahoma City. Agreed. Um, any other ones? Apparently, the Knicks won. Okay. So the Thunder are tied for ninth right now. Yep. Uh, J Dub Stan says, What's your favorite game this year so far? Oh, what was the oh, it was maybe that Lakers game that was nationally televised. That was awesome. It was really awesome. That Warriors game that I was able to watch and cover this week. Like pretty awesome, also. Yeah, uh, that Warriors game was actually my parents have the same birthday, and yeah. that game was on their birthday, and I went with my parents to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atmosphere is incredible. That might be my favorite one. That was an yeah. awesome game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighton writing some fanfic, talking about the Thunder drafting Cody Williams, J Dub's brother, who is really good, really right in the number one recruit in the country on uh, on three. See, what what class is he? 2024? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I think that's all, Silva. We answered a lot of so questions. Too. We really did. And it was fun. It was very fun. Um, But it is time we get out of here. This is a long podcast. Yes. Thank you guys so much for hopping in, for hanging out with us, for listening on your podcast platform of choice, and for sending us all of those questions. Absolutely awesome. We super appreciate that. But we're not going anywhere. Because on Tuesday, the Thunder take on the Brooklyn Nets. We didn't even do our prediction, Silva. We do it really fast. We can burn through them right now. On Tuesday, the Thunder take on the Brooklyn Nets at home. Taylor has that post game. Silva, what happens in that Nets game? That's going to be a W. SGA will play. Thunder really good. Nets have not won a ton of games recently. So, yeah. They did beat Denver today. I'm going W as well. Then Thursday, JD's got the post game as the Thunder are up in Toronto to play the Raptors. What happens in that one? I think they're going to lose. I think they'll split with the Raptors this year. Oh, wow. Uh, I am going uh, unequivocally a win. Shea is going to put on a freaking show in Toronto. Um, Mark my words. And the Raptors bench is just got awful. Um, So I think the the Thunder get a win in that one. That would put them at Silva. This is why I said it was going to be a loss because I think 35 and 35. That's that's why I said it's going to be a loss. I just don't know if they're going to get to 500. And then next Sunday, right before the podcast, the Thunder actually, uh, yeah, it's right before the podcast. The Thunder, no, Sunday is that really early tip, the 2.30 game. Oh, that's odd. Thunder versus the Phoenix Suns. No Kevin Durant. What happens? Uh, How about a W? 
Ooh, three and zero. Uh, two and one for me. Oh, two and one. I'm going. Uh, I'm going two and one as well, because I think they lose that Phoenix Suns game. Uh, however, I think we'd still take it. I put them one game below 500. Yep. Uh, I put out a poll today. 54% of fans that participated in the poll also agree with us. Two and one. Uh, 35% said one and two. Hmm. Disappointing. Disappointing. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining the stream. We always have a blast having you guys in here chat with us. Make plans to join again Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night next week. Make sure to sub on YouTube so you know exactly when we go live. Enjoy your Monday if you're on spring break. Enjoy your spring break. We will talk to you guys in about 48 hours. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.